What's cracking, everybody? Welcome to the Get in the Hole podcast. I am your host, John Mavelli. A little bit of a different episode than usual, y'all. Steve and I, unfortunately, were not able to get together for this week's episode. We tried our hardest, folks. We tried to get even just an hour, 30 minutes where he was free, I was free over the last two, three days. Couldn't make it happen. What we decided to do is I'm just going to take over the first half of the episode, get you everything you need to know about the Tokyo Olympics, and then Steve's going to take over the second half, get you everything you need to know about TPC Southwind for next weekend, and of course, our weekly betting picks. You know the drill. But man, what a weekend it was at the Tokyo Olympics. Xander Shoffley taking home the gold for the United States of America, and I really don't think that there could have been a better storyline coming out of the Olympics um, than everything that we're hearing about Xander and his family, what it means to him. Um, it's just cool to see all those quotes. Obviously, his great-grandfather um, was unable to compete in the Olympics back in his time, and then his dad, a decathlete, um, I believe I said that right. Um, those guys are, by the way, some of the most all-around best athletes who compete in the Olympics. Um, and his his Olympic shot was ended by a drunk driver, and for Xander to come out and do what he did in the fashion that he did it, winning gold, um, not only for his country, but for his family. His grandparents are from Tokyo. They live in Tokyo. Um, he talked about how cool it was to see the reaction on their faces because somebody who's that old, he said, really doesn't doesn't get um, that excited about many too many things because they've been there. They've done that. Um, but for him to see the look on his family's face when he won that gold medal and brought it home, um, what a weekend for Xander. Possibly the best headline we could have gotten out of this. Um, Rory Sabatini, who would have seen that coming? Taking over the silver for Slovakia. Um, interesting to note, he is currently 138th in the FedEx Cup standings. So he's actually going to have to make a little bit of a grind out of the next uh, couple weeks on the PGA Tour in order to make the FedEx Cup um, playoffs and be in contention and not have the season ended early. And then CT Pan um, taking home the bronze in a crazy... Um, playoff for third place, including which included Roy McIlroy, Hideki Matsuyama. I'm going to get into that in a little later. Um, but yeah, it's kind of interesting to see how the silver medalist and the bronze medalist were both, I'm, I believe they're both outside of the top 200 in rankings. Like that's, that's kind of crazy to have that happen. So when people call into question the format for this Olympics and for the future going forward with the Olympics, I think, I think this is very, very telling, and that's what I want to get into next is the format. So it was 72-hole stroke play, which is great. Obviously, everybody enjoyed it, but everybody has also been giving their own two cents about this is how the format should be. They should do this. They should do that. Let's let's get one thing right. 72-hole format is great because it's so important for these players to have individual accomplishments. I don't think that they could take away the 72-hole format because I think the individual accomplishment means that much to the players. And we saw how much it meant to Xander. And we even saw how much it meant to some of the other Americans that we saw um, who, who didn't medal, but simply just enjoyed the experience there. So when people say, oh, you know, we have to, you have to change it, you have to do this, you have to do that. It's, it's really imperative to understand how much it means to the people playing in the event that it's set up the way that it is. Now, I do think it would make for better entertainment purposes if there was a team format, a team match play, something like the Ryder Cup, the President's Cup, something like that, where they were able to add in a team aspect or maybe even a men's and a women's um, 
the match play or something something like that where they could combine the two. And I think being that the Olympics is a two-week time span, they're going to be able to have that time to say, okay, you know, but we got to get out the 72 stroke play out of the way first or however they want to do it. I, I'm not sure. I would assume the players would prefer having the stroke play part first and then a team match play or whatever, um, how, however that would work, um, probably second. And then I, the women's would still be the weekend after, or the week after, I don't know. Um, but whatever format they want to use, where they want to put the men's um, the men's 72 all format stroke play first or the women's first, um, there's a lot of room to kind of play with this and optimize it. You know, I think it's really, really good right now. And I think 72 holes is great. But in terms of entertainment and, and team pride, I think, or, or na na the taking pride in your nation, I think having a, that sort of team aspect would bode well for the Olympics. And I think, like I said, just given that there's a two week time frame to do this, you got a lot of time to really, really get a lot of good quality golf. And um, I don't think they could do four days of 72 all stroke play and then another four days for a team event, but maybe do the, the four 72 all stroke play in four days and then take two days um, to do team play or something like that. But either way, I think this weekend was impressive to me as a golf fan. And I think it impressed the players. That's the next thing that I want to talk about. There were rave reviews from all pretty much most of the golfers about Olympic village and the atmosphere. Um, and kind of like what, what it was like to compete and how they weren't really ready for that. Some of the first timers. Um, and I think, I think that bodes well for the future. Um, I think Rory McIlroy probably was, was best at shedding light on this. I think before the Olympics, he said, you know, he didn't really have any desire or thought. It's not something he ever thought about winning an, an Olympic um, medal at all. It's, you know, what, you know, it wasn't on his list. You know, you could, all these golfers got the list. Check off stuff. Check off this major. Check off that major. Um, and I, I think, I think, I don't blame him for that. I don't think he's alone in saying that. But then he comes out after the Olympics and he says. You know, I never tried so hard for third place in my life. And I think that really puts it into perspective how much his his ideology and his epistemology about golf and also his attitude toward the Olympics changed in just a week's time span. You know, one week, literally on Monday to the next Monday, those those are two quotes of his. You know, so I really do think that the players want to win and they enjoy this event. And I think that any player who hasn't taken part of it, if they were to, it would also probably change their minds in the same way Rory did. And he was really authentic in saying that, you know, the Olympics is now kind of like on his radar in the same way a major would be or in the same way a FedEx Cup will be a players, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I do want to talk about the playoff as well. Like what a playoff. I wasn't able to watch all of it. I watched a little bit of it. Um, Hideki Matsuyama, seven, I mean, a seven man playoff, but. Hideki Matsuyama with the birdie putt to win bronze, Rory with the chance to win bronze. You know what I mean? When you have that kind of, um, excuse me, I just almost accidentally shut down the whole recording. That would have been awful. But when you have like all these premier players and all, in addition to all these guys who are hungry to make a name for themselves, fighting for such a thing as a bronze medal, and then you have Rory come out and say, you know, I've never tried so hard for third place. I just think that's a really good place for the game and I think it's a really powerful quote that he had and you really saw these guys wanting to win that bronze medal and want not wanting to fall short of 
what normally would be a tie for third place, but in this case, it was an Olympic gold medal. So I thought that it brought an extra added aspect of competitiveness, and it's it was tough to see like it was tough to see some like Hideki miss the putt. You know how you know how much he wanted it after becoming the um, winning winning the Masters back in April as a Japanese-born player, and then and then really setting his eyes on the Olympics next as his next big thing in his home country. Um, you know what it would have meant to him to 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 stand on um, the medal podium, um, and then same with Rory. You know, he missed a, a putt to win bronze as well. You know, it's it's just kind of um, I don't know. It's t- it's tough to watch, but it's also makes for great entertainment. Um, and I, I just I just couldn't I just couldn't not go this whole episode without mentioning Hideki Matsuyama and the amount of effort that he put in after contracting COVID nineteen, um, making his first start at the Olympics after having COVID-19 and then having a chance to win the bronze medal. And unfortunately, you know, as as tough as it is, but he gave it his all. um, And you could tell it really, really showed how much he cared. And I think that's great for the Olympics going forward. The one knock against the Olympics where it might, I mean, you could look at this as a positive, you could look at this as a negative, but the Olympics happens once every four years. And I think it could be tough for some players to get excited about that. But at the same time, because it's more rare, you could say players might get more excited. I, I don't know. I mean, you got the Ryder Cup that people get excited about once every two years. I don't see the fans. I mean, I see Olympic golf growing, but I don't see the fans themselves getting excited as they get about the Ryder Cup. Unless maybe the format changes or something within the near future because it's it's a four-year time span for this for this sport to grow it only grows at once every four years and the Ryder cup has a chance to grow once every two years it's there it's 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 on the forefront but it's still enough time in between where players and fans alike kind of get amped up and look forward to an event like that um but i re- i really really did think that overall outside of that olympic golf is trending up i thought that this entire weekend was good for the sport of golf, was good for the players, and was obviously good for the Olympics. Um, I, I just, I just don't see how this couldn't have been a good thing for, for golf. And it's kind of, it's kind of a change of pace, maybe. And maybe some of the players didn't want to travel all the way out to Japan while they're trying to fight for. Oh my goodness! Oh, I thought that was thunder. Um, while they're trying to fight for a FedEx Cup playoff spot or something like that. But at the end of the day. All of the reviews are like, you know, it was worth it was worth my time. I had a great experience, even from the players who weren't even in contention. You know, that's awesome for the sport of golf. Um, and yet, I'm just and now at this point, you know, I'm just looking forward to next weekend with the American women. You know, honestly, that that team is probably is probably stronger than the team the Americans had. You know, so I know Steve's looking forward to that. I know I'm looking forward to that. You know, we got a full other weekend of Olympic women's golf to go to move forward and i really do think this this weekend is also gonna gonna be really big in terms of branding for the olympic golf and branding for the sport of golf on the on the world stage as well and getting these women the attention they deserve and and having olympic women's olympic golf on the forefront for people to see and get excited about i think this weekend is going to be huge for the sport of golf and women's golf and i'm really really looking forward um, to not only the American women, but all these women putting on a show. I think it's going to be even more fun than the men's competition, to be completely honest with you. 
that's going to do it for me, folks. We're going to be taking a break, but when we come back, I am going to throw it over to Steve. He's going to break down everything you know needed to know about TPC Southwind, all the statistics, how much um, the weather is going to matter down there, what picks you should be making to cash in big this week. You're listening to the Get in the Hole podcast, powered and driven by Tomahawk Shades. And don't forget, folks, I am also going to be able to get you my picks um, just via social media. Um, follow, uh, shameless plug right here, follow uh, at IMakePars on Twitter. Um, once again, this is the Getting All Podcast. The Get in the Hole podcast is sponsored by Tomahawk Shades, the best eyewear in the game. Tomahawk Shades is making sure that when you tee off on hole number one, your eyes are well protected from the sun as soon as you hit hole 18. Tomahawk Shades founded by two brothers on Long Island to make sure that you're getting a quality product for an affordable price and not spending an entire two weeks paycheck on one pair of sunglasses and you're looking styling and profiling on the golf course. And say you're at home watching the PGA Tour, they got the blue light plus glasses to protect your eyes from those violent blue lights that come from your TV. Go to TomahawkShades.com right now, fill up your cart for the golf season, get the sunglasses, the blue light plus glasses, and anything else you need while you're out on the course so that you look the best and you can live up to the look good, feel good, play good moniker that we live by here in the underground. And when you go to check out, Use our code USP for 25% off your order at TomahawkShades.com and all orders qualify for free domestic shipping. That's TomahawkShades.com, promo code USP for 25% off your order and all orders qualify for free domestic shipping. Big thank you to Tomahawk Shades for sponsoring the Get in the Hole podcast. The Get in the Hole podcast is also sponsored by our friends at Stateside Urban Craft Vodka. That's right. Stateside Vodka is the official vodka of the Get in the Hole podcast. Guys, they're headquartered in Old Kensington, Philadelphia. They're right in our backyard. They are seven times distilled, certified gluten-free. And get this, Stateside Vodka is blended with electrolytes, making it the first vodka on the market blended with electrolytes on the same mineral composition found in that sports drink that starts with a G. And it's the first actively hydrating vodka on the market. They've also won awards for best packaging in the world. Who doesn't love a winner? And as you guys are listening to this, Stateside Vodka has got you ready for the summer. They just released the vodka sodas in the cans. They are in the vodka soda game. Stateside Vodka is taking things to the next level with their vodka soda variety pack. It's easily the drink of the summer. So go to statesidevodka.com right now. Get the vodka sodas. Get your vodka. They even have the bourbon in stock. And when they do, you don't want to miss out on that. It is very limited. So get your hands on everything that Stateside has to offer. And when you go to checkout, make sure you have those one liter bottles in your cart so you can help us out, pay some bills. Use our code USP to get 10% off the one liter bottles of vodka at statesidevodka.com. Must be 21 or older to purchase. And of course, guys, as always, please drink responsibly. Welcome back into the Get in the Hole podcast. John broke down everything from the Olympics, but now it's my turn, folks. Stephen McAvoy here giving you all the inside information that you need to know about TPC Southwind, the WGC 
FedEx St. Jude Invitational. Man, that's really a mouthful. We're going down to TPC Southwind, Memphis, Tennessee. Nothing better than Graceland and golf following up an incredible week at the Olympics. Look, TPC Southwind is really different from a lot of courses. First of all, um, while it's been around since 1958, it's gone through massive overhauls. It's only the third running so far of the WGC title to its name. Plenty of water, plenty of hazards. 7,200 yards, par 70. Has some of the hardest holes in golf spread out across the course. It's one of those second shot courses. I'm going to get into some of the stats that you need to know about going in. But TBC Southwind gives a whole lot of challenge, and that's why it's become known as the hardest WGC course. Despite the fact that the World Golf Championship has only really been around for five or six years, it's now really become uh, the the heart of golf. And now, especially with the the FedEx Cup playoffs pushing right behind us, uh, this is really going to be, be a week where guys are going to have to shine and possibly make Ryder Cup teams find their way into the FedEx Cup playoffs, gain those big-time numbers. So a couple of small things to note about TBC Southwind. The whole whole 14 actually rated one of the hardest par threes on the PGA Tour, 231 yards, usually playing it into the wind. Despite it being Southwind, most of the holes are actually playing to your back. This one will be playing against you for the majority of it. A lot of those winds fighting in from the south. Most of the course plays up north with the back nine playing majority down the south. So you're going to be looking at a lot of Interesting wind uh, difficulties, despite it being in the middle of the country. It's going to be a major second shot course, and we're going to get into to the stats now that I, need, that I need you to look out for this week, and I'm going to bring them up once I get to my betting picks. But let's be honest. TPC Southwind isn't necessarily a driver's paradise. 7,200 yards, narrow fairways, tight greens. You know where I'm going with this. Second shot course, iron players are a must, and it almost seems catty of me, uh, no pun intended, to be saying that ball strikers and good iron players are required to win here. I feel like I say it every single week, but as the stats show, and shout out to to, uh, Justin Ray of the 21st Club for this one, the last eight winners have all led the the field in strokes gained approach and strokes gained ball striking. So clearly you could kind of see who really stands out here on this course. I'm going to get into those betting picks, but Around the greens are also going to be really important. So I have strokes gained approach, strokes gained ball striking, and finally, strokes gained around the greens. Obviously, approach is to the green. This is now around the green. Look, TBC Southwind has statistically the smallest greens on the PGA Tour. I really expect players to be given fits for this one, especially guys who are a little inaccurate with their iron play. Bryson DeChambeau, I'm looking at, at you for a good week. But there are also guys who I feel like, because of the Olympics especially, that 13-hour jet lag hangover is going to kind of bite them in the butt. And I think it's going to be a very interesting week, being that it's a much smaller field. Only 66 players are involved in the field. John Rahm will be taking a seat because of COVID. I, I, I'm not sure if uh, if Bryson DeChambeau will actually be teeing it off. We'll, we'll get more updates on that one as we go. But Justin Thomas has committed. Colin Morikawa has committed. Xander Schauffele will try and look up his... Uh, his Olympic gold and and carry on more. Dustin Johnson's back in the pack, so a very small court, a very small field for a smaller course. But it's one of the most elite ones this year, and this is but this is in my opinion one of my, one of my favorite events of the year. But now I'm going to step away for a hot second. When I come back from the break, I'm going to give you all the picks that you need this week at TBC Southwind, folks. Don't go anywhere. Yeah. 
We all know the traditional Big Four sports and we have our favorite teams and enjoy them each and every week during their seasons. But what if I told you the fastest growing sport on two feet doesn't involve football, baseball, basketball, or hockey? Come join me, Dom Ponteri, and Harrison Cremens as we break down the sport of the future each and every week on the Outside the Box podcast, talking all things pro and college lacrosse right here on the Underground Sports Philadelphia Podcast Network. Sometimes we all just need to wind down after a long day of enjoying our favorite sports teams go to work. And with the rise of streaming platforms, new TV shows and movies are popping up every single week. And it might be overwhelming not knowing exactly what to watch. Well, that's where streamer season comes in. The exclusive streaming platform discussion podcast for TV and movies on the Underground Sports Philadelphia Podcast Network. Join me, KB, and a plethora of our hosts right here at USP breaking down all the new TV and movies that you guys should be watching across all the various streaming platforms that are available to the masses. Catch us on streamer season wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back into the Get in the Hole podcast, part three of three. John told you everything about the Olympics. I just broke down TPC Southwind, but now it's time to get into our picks. And John and I have been going back and forth trying to name this segment. We used to call it the bet slip, the bet sheet, best bets, whatever the hell you want to call it. But shout out to our friends at Kenwood Beer. We finally have a name for it. I'd like to welcome you all in. And now to Beer Money, I'm going to get you all the picks that you need this week to walk you over to the ticket window happy. And who knows, you might be able to get your hands on a nice cold stack of Kenwood Beer. Shout out to our boys over at Kenwood for this segment. All right, guys, my fade this week is Justin Thomas. I've, I I kind of alluded to this a little bit, but I don't like anybody who played in the Olympics. And I'm sorry to Justin Thomas. I'm sorry to Colin Morikawa, who is the best iron player in the world. Despite this being his course, I don't think it's gonna it's gonna suit him. 13 hours of jet lag is really big. And a lot of these guys, despite them actually uh, committing to this a week early and saying, you know what, we're going to prep and get ready for this, I honestly don't see it. I think the jet lag is going to really be- really become an issue. A lot of broadcasters have been complaining about it. Actually, my uh, my host over on my other podcast, Making Birdies, Ryan Burr, uh, broadcasted the Olympics. He complained about the jet lag. It was a whole big deal uh, with him. So I really do think it's going to affect the golfers as well. They haven't had, had as much time to prep on this course. But Justin Thomas, in, in particular, is... A guy who has won here at TBC, at TBC Southland, actually won it last year. So it's ironic that I'm bringing him up here because it really is his course. But so was Tokyo. That course over Kasumigashi uh, Golf Club was literally designed for a player like him, and he finished 40th. I don't think Justin Thomas has had the best second half of the year following the players, and I always hound on him for this. I simply don't think it's going to be his week this week. I am fading Justin Thomas. Top 20 top twenty this week, I'm going with Tyrrell Hatton, the Englishman. You know, Tyrrell Hatton has been very interesting this year. Listen to this. In his last 10 international events, Hatton's finished outside of the top 20 once. Yeah, I get it. It's international events. It isn't just PGA Tour events. He doesn't really play PGA Tour events. He's played the Heritage. He plays the Majors. But he usually goes back home uh, to England, to Scotland, and plays those European events. But even then, 10, 10 top 20s 
in his last 11 events is absolutely insane. Something else I think is really interesting is that TBC Southwind, being that it was that that it was so much like Katsumagashi Golf Club, as well as some other um, link style courses out in England, it's eerily similar to a lot of the courses that Hatton's played recently in Europe. So I really do think Hatton's going to play really well here. Top twenty for Tyrrell Hatton. Top ten this week, guys. I'm going Daniel Berger. It's Burger time. Welcome to Good Burger. <laughs> wow, that was a really bad pun. Look, while his name hasn't really jumped off the page in 2021, yeah, he had a win at Pebble Beach, but that that was super early in the year. It was a part of the Pro-Am. It was a very different style than it was in the past. Berger's been quietly good, and it's, like, scary, particularly in important events. I, like, I cannot, I cannot stress this enough. He has top 10s in back-to-back back majors. Didn't even realize he was there. 13th at the Heritage. Top 10 at the Players. He's sneaky good week in and week out. But here's one stat that you could tell at dinner. Uh, to all your family, and this is going to be the ones that that makes him a top 10 pick. He leads the PGA in best scoring average at TBC Southwind since 2010 at a 67. He's so good at this course, he's literally designed and a bona fide stud here. Also, he's great. At, he's also great in stroke scan approach. I'm taking Daniel Berger for a top 10. Top 5, it's an obvious pick. It's the home run here. It's Brooks Kepka at plus 400 according to DraftKings. Brooks doesn't perform well in non-majors. He said that. However, when he said it, the fine print added a little asterisk. His preferred putting surface is Bermuda grass, so it fits here in Memphis. He has four top six finishes in his last five starts. He's second in the field in strokes game ball striking. Check. Eighth in approach. Check. Eighth in strokes game greens and reg. Check. And of course, he fits the, he fits everything that you need in a ball striker. Here's the biggest thing that makes the asterisk important. He has five top fives in his last six World Golf Championship events dating back to 2018. That includes a third place finish, two second place finishes, and a win. Guess where? TPC Southland. Brooks Kepka is so good in majors, and he's really good in the important events, especially the WGCs. Brooks Kepka for a top five plus 400 is a steal of a pick. Please, for the love of God, Bruce Kepka top five. He might, he might even, he might, might even win the damn thing. However, my winner this week is Jordan Spieth. I really hate to kind of bag on him for this, but John Rahm would be the favorite had he had he been playing. He's out. Dustin Johnson has been in a three month slump. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna take him despite the odds being in his favor. Again, I'm not taking Colin. I'm not taking JT. I'm not taking Reed or Shawflay or even Paul Casey, who's second in the field in stroke and approach and just came off a great performance at the Olympics. I don't see it. But Speed is the best iron player in the field who wasn't featured at the Olympics. He's elite in stroke and approach, which is which is the number one thing I'm looking at this week, which is what I've been saying. He has everything to me that makes a TPC Southwind winner. He's going to add another another WGC to his belt. He's going to win this one for the boys down in Texas, and he's going to march into the FedEx Cup playoffs in dominant fashion and take over the next three weeks. Jordan Spieth is my winner at TPC Southwind for the WGC St. Jude Invitational. Folks, that's going to do it all for beer money and for the Get in the Hole podcast. Shout out to John for giving you everything about the Olympics. I just rattled off 15 minutes worth of BS, but hopefully it's going to bring you some money and bring you some information that you could share at the dinner table tonight. Be sure to follow us here on Twitter and Instagram at Get in the Hole Pod. And of course, shout out to our sponsors, Tomahawk Shade, Stateside Vodka, Kenwood Beer. You guys are the absolute best. Thank you for making Get in the Hole podcast your number one 
golf betting show. We're going to be back next week. Guys, the FedEx Cup playoffs is rolling around. A lot of big information coming out soon that we're going to get to talk about. A lot of storylines coming in. We're going to break down the entire world golf rankings, figure out who who are we going to take as we navigate through the FedEx Cup playoffs. We're talking Ryder Cup. We're going to talk about President's Cup. We're going to break down all that stuff right here on the Get in the Hole podcast. See you guys next week. Thank you for listening to the Get in the Hole podcast a part of the Underground Sports Philadelphia family of podcasts. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Get In The Whole Pod and be on the lookout for a ton of great content keeping you up to date on the world of golf. Shout out to our sponsors over at Tomahawk Shades and Stateside Vodka for all their support in making Underground Sports your go-to place for all things sports. The Get In The Whole Podcast, hosted by Steve McAvoy and John Mavalia, releasing weekly a part of the Underground Sports Philadelphia family of podcasts wherever you listen to your favorite shows. See you next time. Get in the hole!